And what we're concentrating in the book of Joshua is getting you from this place of wandering around here into what God has for you here. You see, they could have gone straight from there across there into the land. God took them by a longer path down here, and they fought some battles here. Rephidim, that's where, that's where Joshua fought his battle in Exodus 16. This here at the bottom here is Mount Sinai, where they were given the law, where God showed them, you're going to be different to the rest of the nations. This is how you're going to live. This is how you're going to represent me on earth. And then what they were meant to do, it was meant to be an 11-day journey from Mount Sinai straight into the promised land. But it took them 13,780 days. And you see, we can't get into Joshua until we understand why it took them so long. Because you know what the word of God this morning is? God is calling you to break camp because you're to cross the river. And some of us have, become, have got so comfortable in the desert by ourselves and comfortable with the status quo that we think it's normal. Does God provide manna? Yes, He does. Does God provide, uh, look after you? Does He protect you? Yes, He does. But friends, you are surviving, not thriving. And God, we, what we're wanting to do is we wanted, we're wanting to take people from here into the promised land. Kadesh Barnea, this area here that I've highlighted, that is the place where God said to the, where Moses sent out the spies. And he said, oh, he sent 12 spies out. And so you can imagine they were there, so they went straight up this way. They didn't have to cross rivers. They didn't have to cross anything. They just had to go walk in and begin to spy out the land. They came back. Ten of them came back with a bad report. Two of them came back with a good report. And the ten discouraged all the people. So God said, you're no longer going to cross in. Actually, what you're going to do is you're going to wander around here for 13,780 days. 40 years. 38 years. 40 years. And then what he does is he speaks to them again, and he says, now what I want you to do, and he takes them on a, a new generation, a generation that were only young, they were only babies when they came out of Egypt. Their parents failed, and God said, but I'm not going to lose hope in my people, I'm not going to uh, obliterate my people, I'm actually just going to pass it on to the next generation. And so those young kids, that were young kids when they came out of Egypt, who didn't really understand who God was and kind of heard some stories, but never really experienced it. All they knew was desert life. And so what God does is He doesn't just take them straight in there. He actually takes them along a route, and along the route they defeat some enemies under Moses, this new generation. Two kings, Sion and Og, they, de they defeat. You see, God has to take this new generation that don't know his, what, what, what happened in the past, and He has to start to teach them that they are going to fight some battles. So before they even get to a, flooded, a flooding Jordan River to cross, you see, it doesn't take them this way. He takes them a little bit more of a difficult way so they can learn some lessons. And he teaches them that when, when I say to you, I'm going to give you Sion King, that king, and that his territory, I'm going to give it to you. Go and fight against them. And they win. And then they win a, win a battle against Og. And then all of a sudden, they, they, they're starting to learn cheapest. When God speaks and I respond, actually I win. You know, friends, you know what this little box is here? You know what this box is? It's called a DR box. I learned this this week. This is completely not even in my notes. I haven't even got to my notes yet. But what this box does, why you need this box, 
is that the cable that comes out of the guitar, the instrument, is a two is a two-pair cable. It's like one of those mono pins, you know, one of those things. What this box does, it, it, transfer, it, it translates it, it converts it from a mono two-pair cable to a three-pair cable. And the reason why you need it is that if you had to run that two-pair cable over a long distance, over, over a long distance, it actually along its way picks up noise. It picks up sound. So that by the time it gets into the sound desk, there's a lot of mush and a lot of noise happening. And so what it does is this DR box converts it into a three-pair cable, and the, 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 the third pair is like a sheath that goes around it, so that by the, when it travels over long distance, the sound that travels from the guitar is true when it gets to the sound desk. But you know what it's called a DR box? What does that spell? It's called a DR box. And you know, the gospel is a little bit like that, friends. It takes our two-pair cable that picks up lots of noise along a long distance, and Jesus comes and he converts it to a three-pair cable. The problem is you've got to die to yourself. You see, when you die to yourself, what happens is you get slotted into a three-pair cable, you get slotted with a sheath around you, and the noise that comes through you is true and clear. And you see, what happened was, is that the, that the Israelites, they needed to learn that. That you can't do it with you and your mate. You've got to be you and your mate and God. You can't do it without going through the dial box. Without laying down your plans, without laying down your things, and rather saying, God, what do you have? What did you have in mind for me when you created me? What did you have in mind for us when you put us in place? Actually, I want to partner with that, but it means I've got to convert signals from two to three. Are you walking with God this morning? Are you walking with God? Because, friends, if you're not, if His voice is not loudest, if His sheath is not around you, over a long period of time, you pick up a lot of interference and a lot of noise, and we actually don't ring clear and true. It's a beautiful picture. I actually just saw that this morning when you were worshiping. But friends, let's just, what happens is the people of God now are in this space, and they've got, to, they've, got to, they've got to figure this lot out. And so what happens if you can turn to Deuteronomy, please? Chapter 1. In the book of Numbers, Moses at Kadesh Barnea, at that place, number 12 there, sends out spies, they come back, and they say there's a big problem there. The land is amazing, but there's big people, and there's big cities, and there's these guys called Anakites and the Rephaim. They're like supernatural giants. You see, the opposition that we will face when we try to cross over will always be people, circumstances, and situations, and the supernatural. Always. We have those three, three things that, at, that are at us. And they teach us this. And uh, what happens is that generation dies out wandering around the desert for 40 years. A new generation stands up, and Moses knows that he's not going in, so he has to change leadership to Joshua. So he writes the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy, the actual book, 
in the Hebrew was named after the first few words of the, of the book. It was just called the words. If you have a look in Deuteronomy 1 verse 1, it says these are the words. So the book was actually just called the words. The, true, the Greek translators took that, and when they wrote the Septuagint, which was about 200 years before Jesus, please do understand this, friends. Often people will say to me, yeah, but hey, the early church, don't worry about the Bible, Stan, because the early church didn't have a Bible, they only had the Holy Spirit. That is an absolute load of hogwash. Can I just say? Friends, the people in Jesus' day had, this, had the, the Hebrew Scriptures not only in Aramaic, but actually translated into Greek for 200 years when Jesus came. So they had the Holy Spirit and the Old Testament. If you want to go down that route, get your Old Testament and the Holy Spirit and let Him speak to you. Because I tell you, and I must tell you what the Holy Spirit will do when He speaks to you through the Old Testament. He'll take you to Jesus. And that's what Raymond's going to do over these next four weeks. He's going to take you to Jesus through the Scriptures. Anyway, I'm getting distracted again. They called it Deuteronomy. Deuto to onomy, law. So the second reading of the law. The reason why is that these young guys hadn't heard it before. So he lays it out again, what was laid out in, pre in the previous books of the, of, the, of the teachings. And this is what it says in verse 6. The Lord your God said to us at Horeb, you've stayed long enough at this mountain, break camp. At Horeb, you've, laid you've stayed long enough at this mountain now, it's time to break camp. I want to say to you, friends, you've stayed long enough at this mountain, it's time to break camp. Break camp and advance. It's not just break camp, but break camp and advance into the hill country. Not into the flat plains of convenience and comfort Christianity. Break camp and advance into the hill country, the mountainous territories of God, where there's amazing things on heights and dark things in the depth that you have to conquer and that you can rejoice in. Both ends in this place. It's a land flowing of milk and honey, he carries on to say. Go, all, go to all the neighboring peoples in the Avar and the Negev and all those sorts of things. Verse 8. Friends, the word to us right now is break camp and advance. Break camp and advance. Not just break camp. Not just advance in the same way we've been doing it for 30 years or 10 years but advance in a new way, in a fresh way that God wants to show us. Verse 8, See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore he would give to your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 9, At that time you said to me, you, at that time I said to you, you are too heavy a burden for me to carry alone. Moses says to the people, at that time, remember I said to you, I can't do this alone. So what he does is he chooses a team to lead with. You see, friends, teams have got to have leaders, but a leader needs a team to do the work of God and play the part that you have to play. Anyway, he carries on in verse uh, 12. He says, But how can I bear the, all these problems and your burdens and your disputes by myself? Choose some wise, understanding, and respected men from each of your tribes, and I'll set them over you. They answered him, What you proposed is good. It's an amazing thing how in one season we can say, yes, God, what you said is good. But as soon as we have some opposition, it's all of a sudden, God, where are you? I don't know if what you said was good. You see, what happens is, is we start to question the character of God and the goodness of God. 
Verse 19. Then as the Lord our God commanded us, we set out from Horeb and went towards the hill country of the Amorites through all that vast and dreadful desert that you have seen. And we reached Kadesh Barnea. Then I said to you, you have reached the hill country of the Amorites. Uh, verse 21. See the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of it as the Lord the God your fathers told you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Verse 26. But you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of your Lord. You grumbled, over, uh, grumbled in your tents. They send out the spies. The spies come back and they start to get fearful. And I love what he says there. You, you grumbled in your tents. You know that most people don't grumble in public. People grumble in their tents, private, around two or three. Hey, you know what that guy said. But is it true? I mean, is he a loony tune? What's he doing? Are you mad? Did you hear what those guys said? There's big people, there's big cities, and then there's giants there. How are we going to beat them? No, actually, I think he's an idiot. In Numbers it says, and so they decided to, to elect another leader so that they could go back to Egypt. So what happens is we get into our tents and we talk negatively about what God has said and then we decide to elect a new leader that will do what we want. Friends, we have a leader, his name is Jesus and we do what he says. We don't, when the time gets tough, say, God, you know what, actually no longer Jesus, I'm going here. He says, in their tents, the Lord, this is what they said, the Lord hates us, so he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made us lose heart. Sounds like Adam and Eve. Wasn't my fault, it was my brother's fault. They say the people are stronger, there they are, the people are stronger and taller, taller than we are. The cities are large and the walls are up to the skies. Context and situations. Kiaram and Gavin, it's impossible for her brain to recover. Most people will know who I'm talking about. Impossible. It's, 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 the, the context, the walls are too high. They reach up to the sky. How's that ever going to change? Of course it's going to change because when God's people pray and God's people partner with what God's doing and God's people put their shoulder behind what he's doing, friends, things change and when and Kiara and Gavin comes to life, her brain comes back to life again. <laughs> friends, we will always face people and we'll always face contexts and situations that are bigger than us. And it says, and then it, it's not just that, it goes on and it says, and we even saw the Anakites there. There's a whole story about the Anakats, which I can't get into. But they saw these supernatural beings, these giants. How can we ever get through that? You'll always have people, you'll always have situations and context, and you'll always have a devil that's against you. No matter where you are in this, whether you, what group of people you're in, you've always got that with you. What we've got to do is we've got to learn to ignore the voice of people, plug into a dial box, and hear God only. You, you, know, you, know, you know what, friends? We're in our instant world, in our instant world, we substitute vitamins for good food. You know we do that? Anything wrong with taking vitamins? No. But when you substitute vitamins for good food, and we substitute books for the Bible, 
and we substitute podcasts for the voice of Jesus, friends, we're in trouble. We're meant to get back to the presence of God, meant to get back to the Word of God, and we're going to feed ourselves a good diet. Then we'll become healthy. In this instant world, where what we do is we bypass the basics of God, of learning to walk with God, and we go for vitamins, and we go for books, and we go for podcasts, friends, we will not grow. You've got to get the, the, the real stuff in you, and you've got to have your own revelation, not somebody else's revelation so that what you're hearing is secondhand for you. When you're reading the Bible and you see those three things, I saw that this morning, this, this after, yesterday, people, cities, and Anakites, it puts something in you, you know, you're going to face these things, you're going to face people that are going to be problematic, you're going to face situations that are going to be problematic, and the devil always hates you. Get over it, God's with you. It puts courage in you. It puts courage in me. I don't know about you. It puts courage in me. <laughs> I'm actually a fun guy, but I'm just getting serious. <laughs> then I said to you, verse 29, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God is going before you. Who knows that God's ahead of us in the lease? Who knows God's ahead of us in 10 years' time, 20 years' time? He goes before us. When we get there, God's there. That's why we've got to listen to him, to track where he is. Friends, this thing, this is our problem. We don't have die boxes. We have live boxes. And we get consumed with media and all sorts of stuff instead of listening to God. And then we don't track where he is because he's already there. He's calling us. Come here. Come here. I will go before you, he says, and I will fight on your behalf. So we can choose to not go where God is and let him fight the battle there, or we can choose to go our own way and then we fight the battle. And then we say to God, but God, where are you? I thought you said you'd never leave me or forsake me. Saying I, I did, but I said come here, not go there. And we go here, there, there, everywhere, except there. In the desert, there you will see how the Lord your God carried you as the Father carries His Son all the way you went until you reached this place. You see, friends, God wants to treat us like sons and daughters. One of the, my points, which I'm not even going to get to, I can see it, is our mentality has got to move from slavery to sonship to inherit the promises of God. We've got to move from being slaves with a slave mindset to a sonship mindset. And I actually wrote this. The slavery is where Pharaoh is my boss as opposed to sonship where God is my father. That's right. If you think God is a boss or you think God is a headmaster, that's Pharaoh you're thinking of. God is a father. And so one of the things that transitions in this, they've got to know that God is carrying them like a father carries his children. He's teaching them to walk. Come, boys, girls, come this way, this way. Come holding their hands as they walk, as they learn, as they grow up, as they grow up. Then he lets them go, and then they're fighting battles. In spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God. You see, friends, the reason why we don't want to put this on is because we actually don't trust God. 
We actually trust our own strength. We trust our own cleverness. We trust our own strategies. And then by the time we get there, there's so much noise around us and so much confusion around us, we wonder where God is. Just go through the die box. Just go through the die box. Let that thing happen. Cut out the noise and walk into what he has for you. When the Lord heard this, he said that he was angry, he solemnly swore, not a man of this evil generation will go in. Verse 37, because of you, the Lord became angry with me also, Moses says. You shall not enter it either, but your assistant Joshua, son of Nun, will enter it. Encourage him because he will lead Israel to inherit it. You know, it's at that moment where Moses could have said, Lord, I'm out of here, I'm checking out. If I'm not going to enter in, neither are they. One of the things that we need to shift in our mindsets if we want to inherit the promises of God is we've got to start to think generationally. We've got to start to think it's actually not about me and mine. It's about the next generation. It's about my children's children. And what am I doing and how am I building now, now in my life and in their lives, that will enable my children's children to be walking into the promises of God. Even if I miss it, because most of the book of Hebrews faith guys, they didn't enter in. They saw it and moved towards it, but they didn't enter in, and they walked that way because they knew there's a generation that would. And this generation has to fight its battles so that the next generation can fight its battles and not its battles and our battles because we failed to. So he says here, actually, Moses, it's not going to be you. It's going to be Joshua. Get behind him, encourage him, strengthen him. He's going to take the people in. And that's what Moses does. The rest of his life, until he dies, he keeps telling Joshua, you be strong and courageous. God's chosen you. You be strong and courageous. God's chosen you. You be strong and courageous. The promise of God awaits you. You know, friends, we can look at Lex and Jane as an older couple on eldership and then stepping off and younger couples stepping on. And we can think, oh, oh, Lord, you know, it's like wisdom and these guys don't know anything. And... No, 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 friends, be strong and courageous. The promises of God are ahead of us, young man and young lady. We've got to start thinking generationally, friends. We've got to start building generationally. We've got to start thinking that actually I'm 50 years old now. Who's after me? Who comes after me? And what, am I, what are we building so that the person that comes after me has got every place of chance of success? We're building that way. We're not thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about others. And that's what Moses chose to do there. He says, and you will will inherit it. And the little ones that you said would be taken captive, the reason why we don't want to go there is the little ones are going to get taken captive. Friends, can I just, oh, it's not even, the little ones that you said will be taken captive. Your children who do not yet know good from bad, they will enter the land. You know, friends, we start making exactly what these guys did. Lord, we're not going here. In fact, what we do is, Lord, we're not staying in South Africa because the promises of the nation and of the government don't seem like it's going to devour our kids. And so what we do is we go to another nation. And guess what? Our kids get devoured. He's saying these these kids that you didn't, that hadn't heard, that didn't know good from bad yet, they were young ones, they're going to inherit the promises of God. Friends, our kids are not the center of our worlds, Jesus' voices. 
We don't, friends, we do not follow our children. Our children follow us. Which means you have to say no to your children sometimes. They want to go this way, and you know that it's not good, and you say no, you're going this way. The PC world is my love. I want to make sure that you can become everything you can be. Friends, every child, every human being, every person has got its limit, their limitations and their, their, their whatever they got. They can't always be anything they want to be. They can only be what God's called them to be. And what we do, friends, is we think that actually by pandering to our kids and letting them do what they want to do and not putting some strong boundaries in place, we think that it's helpful for them. It's the worst thing we can do for them, friends. It's the worst thing we can do for them. We do not follow our children. Our children follow us. And if you're not living a life that that is not worthy of your children following, get into living a life that is worthy of following. I'm sorry. Not really. (laughs) Verse 40, But as for you, turn around and set out towards the desert along the route of the Red Sea. Chapter 2. Then we turned back and set out towards the desert along the route to the Red Sea. For a long time we made our way around the hill country in Seir. Then the Lord said to me, You have made your way around this hill country long enough. Now turn north. Friends, that's the word to us now. You've wandered around this hill, this thing for too long. Turn north. Go north. You know what's, you know what's waiting you at north? is a flooded river. In fact, before you get there, you're gonna fight some battles because you have gotta learn that you have gotta fight battles. So deal with the small stuff, the baby stuff, then get into the river, and then watch this flooded river dry up before your eyes. And before you, can you go to the next, next slide there, Guru? You know, it's like, it's like we think that actually when we're crossing over the promised land, it's all gonna be so good and rosy, and actually now we're in, now we can sing ring a ring of roses, we can sing kumbaya to each other, and we can, we can live this comfort, convenient, luxurious cruise ship life where everything's centered around you. You know, you know what happens? So you cross a flooded river, you think, well, God, jeez, ah, that was amazing. But guess what's next to the flooded river? See, there's the river. See where Jericho is. You can see it from the river. You're not even across the river that you thought was insurmountable, and you're straight into the, the oldest, most fortified city in the land that God says, now take it. Straight in, boom. But you know what? I know the God that defeated Sion, and I know the God that defeated Og. I saw that. And I've heard about the God that crossed the Red Sea, and not just the river, a sea. Pharaoh, the most dominant, was put to his knees. I've heard my mom and dad talk about that. And I've experienced myself Sion, and I've experienced myself Og, and I've experienced crossing a river that was in flood. Come on, Jericho. Come on, Jericho. Now turn north, verse 7. The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of his hands. He has watched over you on on your journey through this vast desert these 40 years. The Lord your God has been with you and you have lacked nothing. You see, that's what the desert looked like. You lack nothing. But God has more than that, friends. Your life should not be, I've lacked nothing. 
Actually, I believe the Christian life is I've prospered in everything. Not I've lacked nothing. Our language should be of abundance, not of lack. And I'm not talking about name it and claim it and grab it prosperity gospel, which is a load of hogwash. I'm talking about I had my 50th birthday and I invited a whole bunch of people. Not, not many of them have I been, not all of them have I been in their home over many years. They just, we just journeyed together over many years. It's not like we have supper and have this close bonding relationship. But I invited some of these people that have journeyed with me. Some of them are very close people and some that have been close to me that kind of done life very closely together. Others that are kind of wider sphere. But friends, you know, what I, you know what I came away with after that? I thought, God, you have blessed me. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. These people, it's amazing. This is my life. 50 years in, can't wait for another 30 or 40. What's it going to look like then? Not lack, abundance. Verse 9. Then the Lord said to me, do not harass the, the Moabites provide. As he's going up, he's telling them not to harass them. And eventually he defeats, the, he defeats the kings. It's amazing here. Just look at this point. Look here. Then the Lord said to me, do not harass the Moabites or provoke them, verse 9, to war. For I will not give you any part of the land. I've given R to the descendants of Lot as a possession. It's an amazing thing, eh? So there's certain kings, Sion and Og, if you read, carry on to chapter 2. That God says, now that's the land, take it. But there's other, he says, don't touch anything, that's not yours. That was given to Lot. See, God remembers, friends. God remembers what he's given to you, not going to forget. And what's yours is yours. This is the kind of good father that we serve. For us to journey into an inheritance, friends, one of the things that we've got to shift is from slavery to sonship, one of the other things that we've got to move from is we've got to move from an event mentality to a journey mentality. You see, crossing the Red Sea was an event. Giving your life to Jesus. If you're in bondage to whatever, people's opinions, you're in bondage to your own shame, you're in bondage to your own guilt, you're in bondage to drugs, you're in bondage to alcohol, you're in bondage, whatever the bondage is, there's all sorts of bondages. Putting your trust in Jesus takes you across the river in an instant, in a moment, and it destroys the enemy behind you. It's a moment. But when you cross into the red, into the, into the, across the Jordan, into the promised land, it's not just a moment, it's not just a crossing. It's actually a journey of life of faith and expectation and trust in God that you live for the rest of your life until Jesus comes back. We've got to move from an event moment to a journey moment. We're on a journey with God. And we enjoy the moments when he comes and we enjoy the events when he have them, but we don't live from event to event. And this hyper-charismatic, Pentecostal, all about a moment. Friends, it's not about a moment. It's about a person that you walk with and listen to, that you go through the dar box with into life. We've got to move from an event mentality to a journey ment uh, mentality. We've got to expect opposition. Lastly, I want to say this. God would rather we stay in the desert place, being faithless, 
and wandering around than walk into the promised land and be killed by the giants. Can I say that again? God would rather us be wandering around the desert being preserved and looked after by him than cross over into an our inheritance and be killed, because, be killed by the giants because we're faithless. The reason why they're giants there is God wants a faithful people. God wants you and I to break camp and say, God, our journey, my journey is from one degree of glory to the next, from increase to increase. My life is not increasing. My influence is not increasing. My output is not increasing. My input is not increasing. Actually, it's just wandering and staying the same. Um, My mouth is full of sand. My eyes are full of sand. I'm sick of eating manna, although it's Thank you, Lord. It's amazing. As they crossed over the Jordan, they, had a, they celebrated Passover. And from that moment, the manna stopped completely and they started eating of the land. Instantly started eating of the land. We'll get there. Friends, it's time to break camp and head north. If that's you this morning, if that's you this morning, I'd love you to stand up right where you are. You're saying, God, actually, you know what? I'm sick of wandering around. There's a legitimate place. There's a time and a space that you can do that. But friends, we're not meant to, we weren't designed to live in the desert. We're designed to live in the promised land. And some of you are saying, Stan, yeah, but I've heard this before. And I've been prayed for so many times, but I still live in the desert, feel like I'm still living in the desert. All I can say to you, friends, is that God is good. Keep trusting Him. Don't give up. Do not give up. Do not give up. Trust God. Trust God. And some of us are too scared to step across because actually being in the wilderness by yourself becomes easier being in a land of promise, but that's full of opposition. We're scared to actually rather just stay here, just keep it safe, play it safe. Friends, God is not wanting us to play safe in this season. God is wanting us to step across and risk with Him. Father God, you see every person standing here, Lord. You see every person standing. You know everybody's dreams. You know everybody's desires. Father, when you created every single one of us, the days of our lives were written in the book. And Father, we want to say this morning that we want to be those people that see that book and live that book. Not the book of the devil, not the book of circumstances and situations, and not the book of other people that they're trying to write our lives for us, but the book that you wrote for us. And so Father, even us just standing this morning, Father, it's a declaration of intent to say, God, we trust in you. We're not perfect. We're not going to get it right all the time. But Father, we trust in you. And I pray your favor and release of blessing over every single person standing and over every single person in this auditorium that, Father, we would start to live in the promise of what you have for us and risk trusting you. Father, help us to get through the die box this morning so that we can be what you've called us to be.
You've given us a promise. You've given us an inheritance that we're going to pass on to our children and to our children's children and their children to gen multiple generations of blessing and blessing and favor, Father. We stand here this morning and say, Father, will you bless? Will you increase? We want to follow you where you say we will go. When you say we will go. How you say we will go. What you command, we will do as best as we can, Lord. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and release your favor and blessing over us as a community, as a corporate community, but as individuals as well, in your amazing, amazing name. Amen. 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 Amen.